we are in over our heads. Do you know you could do that? They think he seems like, quote, a real one. Compound B. You're trending. She always comes back to a little pillow talk. I'm putting down my next movie. Bees? Welcome to Compound B, a show about the boys. I am Jamie G. Esquire, the fifth master of the wrap-up. And I'm here with Magna Mills to look back on season one of Gen V. Mills, did you learn how to wrap it up back in college? Yes, sir. Dean Kane, sir. I am Magnum Mills. I learned from Skills himself, aka Mad Skills, how to wrap it up. And I need to point out that Jamie G is, in fact, himself very good at wrap-ups. That comes from years of judges telling him to wrap this up as quickly as possible. This is Compound B, a show about the boys. And while we won't wrap it up as quickly as possible, we hope you enjoy it. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We are on social media at Compound B Pod. Do not forget to be on the lookout for season four of The Boys. And do not forget the flaps. Follow, like, and please subscribe. So we ask, you had fun, give us a thumb. Come back next time. Do it again. And keep going until it's all done. That's how it works. And this is a season wrap-up, so there's absolutely going to be full spoilers from here on out. That includes all episodes of season one of Gen V and every episode of The Boys and possibly even The Boys comic book run. This is it, man. That's your warning. It's a spoiler show. It is. And we're out of episodes, obviously, so we don't have any episode details. So we're just going to kind of stay consistent and start off the episode the way we normally do with some shots, right? And we're going to do this for the overall season here, kind of given what we think of it, our overall thoughts. And we use a system similar to what you used in college when you had to decide whether or not to go to class. And, you know, if in the morning alarm goes off, you're not going there, you're skipping it. If the alarm goes off, you hit snooze, you get there eventually, you're okay with it. And finally, if you're up before the alarm, you're at class before the teacher, you are an on-time student, you're loving it, you got the job rule and the shot they playing on your headphones. That's where you're at. If you are at the top, at the peak of the season, Jamie G, how are you handling these shots? Looking back on this thing, even though most of the episodes fell with kind of the hitting the snooze button, I don't want to give it just a, it was an okay. I liked it. I really did. I think I'm going to go with being an overall on-time student, and I'm excited to see where they take it in season two. That's fair. I am going to hit snooze. I, again, liked it. I was waiting for that the next shoe to drop kind of for that big episode. And I don't know if we ever quite got to it. If you want to go in terms of getting me excited for more Gen V and the boys, I, I would be playing the job rule because I am excited for more, but I don't think this was, you know, a standout student. You would hope one of these things that if the show goes five seasons, it's like, Oh yeah, yeah. Don't worry about the first season. Like it's good, but it gets like really good from there or something like that. You know, I think there's a lot of room to grow here. So, you know, not quite on time. I'm, I'm hitting snooze once I'm getting there. I got the correct, you know, shoes on the right feet and all that kind of stuff. Well, let's get the big one out of the way here. How do you feel about the way that Gen V tied into the boys? Was there too much crossover? Not enough? Or was Baby, was it just right? Yeah, in the Goldilocks zone there. I don't know. I guess I would have preferred maybe a little more interaction. It seemed early in the season, with the exception of OG Ashley, all the stuff was cameos via video messages, uh, that kind of thing. And then later on, we got some more impactful characters, you know, definitely, obviously, in the, in the last two episodes. I think it was probably about right. You needed to stand on its own. It was nice to get some, and I did like the background stuff where you see, you know, ad for A-Train's, A-Train's sports drink, you know, that kind of thing. I like the little crossovers, Cameron Coleman showing up. So I enjoyed all the ancillary stuff that made you, you know, feel it was in the same universe. I don't think I wanted more. I definitely didn't want less. So I'm going to go just about right in the Goldilocks zone. How about you, Manny? You like the way they tied it into the mothership? I I, I do like the way they tied it into the mothership. I You know, in, in theory, it's like, oh, they could have did this, they could have did that. But I think you you there's a fine line here, right? You run the risk of if you do it too much and you abuse it, then you take away from what they're trying to accomplish with, with Gen V and letting it stand on its own. If you don't do it enough, then people are like, man, I, I want to feel this world, the, these two worlds kind of combine and be one. So I think they had to get it just right. And I think they did. I don't think they overplayed it. Maybe they could have done a few more things or, or, you know, like you said, more interaction. But I think they did enough to kind of incorporate it. 
give you a feel that that it's all the same universe. And for that, I, I applaud them. I, I think it's harder to do than it than when you think about it because you know it's it's one of those things where you go too much and you mess it up. You go not enough and you mess it up. So you you know you got to kind of hit it right down the fairway. Yeah, that is uh, what you normally have to do to consider a fairway hit. Although sometimes when you're just in the first cut of the rough, it's not so bad. It's the second cut, the deep stuff you don't want to get into. If, yeah. What do you think? Did they really do enough for it to stand on its own as a show? Let's say the boys ends after season four or five, which is entirely probable. Gen V keeps going. Are you cool with them kind of carrying the torch forward? Did they do enough so you would be cool with watching these characters doing their own thing, knowing that you're not going to get any more of the boys and this is what you're going to get? Is, is it good enough or does it feel like a little bit like boys light or diet boys or whatever you want to call it? I don't know the way it stands today that I'm good with that, but I think it has the potential. I think it has the potential to not replace the boys, but carry on the story. But I don't know that it's there after one season. I think it needs another season or two. You can see the framework. You can see maybe the, 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 the rough drawings of foundation here to be able to do that. But I don't think as we sit here today, it's there. No, I don't think so either. But it feels like they're approaching it that way a little bit. Because by the end, how do you go back to just college classes after this? With what happened on the news with them apparently being imprisoned or what have you at the end. And you can't just go back to having fun and seeing all these you know interesting little soup powers and everything like that. It, it seems they pushed out of that faster than I would have thought. I, if I were them, if this was going to be a longer running thing, I would have tried to milk the college thing more, right? So it's, it's yeah. still more of a Gen V thing, but you get the idea that maybe next year we hardly see Godolkin at all. And maybe they're yeah. in a whole new setting now. So that certainly does give it some room to grow. Yeah. Well, and you're right. I think it I think it pushes it faster into a boys type scenario than it than it does with you know kids at, at God you, you know, learn coming of age. Um and, and maybe that's a good thing. Uh in terms of I the feel like a lot of little college stuff though i would i would be a little sad if we didn't really get any more of those little touches yeah i think they'll still be in there because we're still dealing with you know adolescents here and so hopefully uh college kids hopefully they still sprinkle that in it's just hard to imagine the universe of the boys without the characters of the boys and that's not to downplay the characters of gen v and after all this is a gen v wrap-up so we'll we'll stick to that but you know it's just hard to imagine this this universe existing without you know, the, the butchers and, you know, it's just, it's just tough, man. It just is. I mean, a little Eminem, a little Frenchie, it's just tough, you know? So that's, that's where I stand with it, but I do think it has potential. And I think that's one thing that they accomplished in season one is laying down tremendous potential. We all know what Bill Parcells thinks about potential just means you ain't done shit yet, but I think they're on their way. Yep. Fair enough. I, I would co-sign that. Well, let's keep it right here in the neighborhood and let's talk about the special guest stars uh first up let's talk about the characters who appeared via video or other means and didn't necessarily interact with the characters on gen v uh mills walk us through a couple of these well we got madeline stillwell who showed up in episode one almost right near the beginning introducing a train being drafted and that's a cool concept that's the kind of thing that they hint at and don't come back to enough. They have a thought draft and A trains going 101. I would love to get even some web shorts or something that covers that kind of thing. That was cool. I mean, nice to see her show up. We didn't know she was going to show up, but that's basically it. Uh, any thoughts on her or A train? Uh, you know, that's his one appearance. We see him again in a couple ads and other things, but his only speaking appearances when he's doing, you know, what is apparently a flashback scene at him at the draft. He looked good in his draft suit, though. Give him that. He did. Uh, two things. One, I thought it was really cool and a unique way to kind of tie in the the world we know of the boys into Gen V kind of early on in the series here before it got its legs. Two, how cool would it be to see like a combine for like pre-draft stuff, you know, and maybe I'm just like addicted to the NFL or something, but it would be very cool to see a combine, a soup combine. Uh, where they where they where they come on on to God you and make them run drills and things. That would be interesting. Uh, but yeah, that that's it. We got a little hint of that with the stadium scene in the first episode. You yeah. get an idea that you know, people were just there to watch the soups work out or whatever. So maybe it wasn't a completely organized underwear Olympics, but it seemed pretty close. We also saw the deep. He showed up in episode three. He did a memorial message uh, for Brinks Memorial there, a little in memorandum, whatnot. That was fine. We also saw him as puppet deep 
with Jason Ritter, although it wasn't voiced by Chase Crawford. I don't know who did the the puppet deep voice, but that was a great one. And we also saw Billy Butcher again, showed up mid-credits, dropped his Butcher line, and th- you know, there we go again. Fun stuff, but does not really an impact, right? Yeah, I, you know, I, I, a lot of fun with deep. You know, I, I guess you could make the case that maybe that scene forced, you know, Sam to go to Dr. Cardoso's house and then spun this whole series of events that we we now know uh, happens with Cardoso's family getting injured and him wanting to back out. And then we get, you know, Dean Shetty's dark side. Maybe I'm giving deep too much credit, puppet deep rather, but um, there was some impact there, but yeah, mostly fun stuff with these guys. Uh, and that's okay. You know, I think they just, again, it's, it's, it's difficult to involve some of these characters without taking away from what they're trying to accomplish, I think, with Gen V. So it's it's a fine balancing act here, Mills, I think is what the, the writers and the creators uh, figured out as they went around, went, went around doing this. I guess the only thing I would have accepted is, you know, how Deep has kind of been on the aughts with Vaught most of the time. He's always trying to kiss ass. If he got in trouble or something and had to teach aquatic fighting or, you know, underwater marketing or something, and he just absolutely hated it and was terrible at it. I could have seen that being a fun little point of comic relief, and if, even if he didn't really interact with the main plot, just everyone going to his class and you know not paying any attention or doing all kinds of dumb stuff or whatever. That could have been a good time. That would have been absolutely hilarious. And you know, one thing I would, one thing I would really enjoy is, uh, you know, because he's he's trying so desperately to get back into uh, the seven, you know, and and we know that from him. And it's just I don't know, it would be that'd be a cool thing. After that group. We get four special guest stars who actually show up on Gen V and interact with our characters. We rank the four based on how much we enjoyed their appearances. And shit, let's just start from the bottom here. Mills, there's some math here. So I think uh, I think you can handle this one. Not as much math as you think, Brendo. And because we, we did not compare these ahead of time. I did mine first. Jamie G sent me his. We have the exact same rankings here for these four. At the bottom, at number four, we have Homelander. At three, we have the head popper, Victoria Newman. At two, we have Soldier Boy. At one, OG Ashley. In speaking for myself, I basically just ranked them on the order of how much I enjoyed them. Ashley just spit pure gold every time on screen. Same for Soldier Boy. Newman was great, and she also had an impact on the plot. And Homelander just kind of showed up and did his Homelander thing. It almost wasn't fair, right? It's like Batman showing up to fight the Condiment King or something. It's like, all right, yeah. just, just yeah, congratulations. You're, you're bigger and, and better than us. Yeah, and, and I basically gave my rankings on the same criteria. And the one thing I'll say, too, is we got the most of OG Ashley. And every time, you know, we kind of got her sprinkled throughout the season. And every time we got her, to your point, she was lights out, hilarious, awesome. You wanted more of her. Um, the one that really surprised me as I was going through this was Soldier Boy. I mean, if you go back and watch that scene where, where, with Soldier Boy when they're in the mind of Kate in their own situation inside her mind, he drops some serious one-liners, man. I mean, it's it's absolutely hysterical. Like, you you, you know, you don't necessarily Her think capita, it's between funny. him and Tech Knight, probably, for who had, like, the most funny per word spoke. Dude. He was going to yes. laugh at every third or fourth word, really. I mean, just, yes. if you're at that level of comedy, you just say the word the so well. People will laugh at it. Yeah, he was he was he was incredible there. So, um, and then to, to your point, I really enjoyed Newman. And and honestly, you know, Newman's been kind of this mysterious character on the boys in terms of what she's up to, how does she use her power, what's the political piece, what side is she on, and that continues here in Gen V. And now she perhaps is in a better position uh, than most. You know, even though we think maybe Billy Butcher and the boys might be on hot on our trail, but you know, very cool part there to kind of incorporate the two worlds. So, um, and then I agree, Homelander, there just wasn't enough. He just basically came in and was like, I'm clearly the man here. No one's even allowed to speak unless I speak to him. And then of course he manufactures things in his image, which is, you know, just creating this great divide, which also feeds into this overarching thing with with humans versus soups that I think is pending as we roll on into season two of this and season four of The Boys. Yeah, I just want to see like if Homelander did rallies or concerts or what have you what would be on his rider you know it would be one of those uh, you're not allowed to look mr homelander in the eyes no direct yeah. contact i feel like that would be on his, it might be the only thing on his rider and i'll tell you what uh, else then red vines or something something random 
couple Dude. cans of Shasta or Fresca. And if he tells you to keep going, you keep going. Okay. That's number one. Let's move on to the guest Real stars. Quick. I'm sorry. Just, I, it just occurred to me, Holtlander is such a douchebag. He would make them get Zima. Even if they, they can't find it, you have to make Zima. Because, of course, Homelander would drink Zima, right? It just, I don't know why. Dude, in milk, just, bro. He, he, he needs his milk. Well, man, someone pledged a fraternity in college because that sounds like some Method Man-level torture right there. Warm yeah. milk and Zima. God. And Zima. That is like, yeah, that's that's Rush to a T, all you college kids that go out yeah, there. Don't be claiming you Godzilla when you really got Zuki. Yeah. Yeah, drink a gallon of warm milk and see if you can hold it down. Just kidding, don't do that. It's a terrible idea. You can't. You will puke. <laughs> Let's move on to the guest stars, some of whom were pretty special, Mills. They were they're pretty special. Same as the last bit here. We ranked these characters based on how much we enjoyed them. Mills, take us through the results. All right. At the bottom, at number eight, we have Jason Ritter. Jamie G, you had him five. I had him eight. And we have a three-way tie at five. Uh, first up, we have Grace Mallory. Jamie G, you got her seven. I got her five. And next is Courtney Fortney. We both had her at six. Uh, and our final tie at five is Professor Brink, Rich Brinkerhofer. You had him at eight. I had him at four. Shout out Clancy Brown in the top four. At number four, you had also Ashley at four. I had her at seven. At number three, we have Dusty. We we both had with three R.I.P. Dusty. You know, we didn't get a ton of main character deaths at, outside of Indira here. So R.I.P. Dusty. At two, both Adam at two, Adam Bork, and one, both Adam at one, Tech Knight. I don't think there's a lot of surprises up top there, right? I mean, obviously, Tech Knight was incredible. Adam Bork absolutely slayed every time he was on. And Dusty didn't have the biggest role, but he was some nice comic relief in some of the heavier stuff that we did inside of Kate's head and everything like that. And obviously, you know, also Ashley is our second favorite Ashley. She she is definitely our second favorite Ashley. And, you know, you got to love also Ashley. And she doesn't, she stands on her own, though. That's what's impressive about also Ashley. She's, you know, she's her own. Right, she could be just Ashley or she could be also Ashley. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's her, her own Ashley. She's, she does it. Oh, man. Well, you know, you could tell that we both like similar things, but that's good. Uh, tech Knight. I just think I want to just one last shout out to Derek Wilson as Tech Knight. Oh, that dude. is still, if there is an image from the season, if someone to that end bit of him in the bathroom with the hair dryer, with the hand dryer, it's just, you could get someone interested just off that. Like, wait, wait. What's going on? You're going to have to watch the show and find out. Yeah. And I think that might be my favorite episode. It was certainly my favorite uh, ending with the cut there to, to Missy Elliott and everything. That was just a great one, man. Just a great one. Yeah, we'll one. get to that when we talk about our episodes. I think we, that's the one we were probably higher on than the consensus. So we'll get to that in a hot minute here. Nice. Well, between the guest stars and the stars, you've got the recurring characters same deal here. We rank these characters for you guys based on how much we enjoyed them. Mills, send us on our way. Hey. All right. Uh, eight of these again. Starting from the bottom, we have Polarity at eight. JBG, you had him at eight. I had him at seven. At number seven, we have Dr. Cardosa. JBG, you had him at six. I had him at eight. At number six, we have Justine. You had her at five. I had her at six. At number five, we had our glue guy, Rufus. Coming off the bench, you had him at four. I had him at five. At number four, this is a major disparity here. We have Cameron Coleman. You had him at seven. I had him at one. What? At three, we have social media, Jeff. We both had him at three. At number two, we have Maverick, son of Translucent, the dorm counselor into some weird stuff. Jamie G, you had him at one. I had him at four. And up top, uh, maybe it shouldn't be a surprise, but we have Golden Boy. We both had him at two. Uh, just Cameron Coleman is the worst. The sleaze drips off of him. He's so contemptuous and awful and horrible and smug and punchable. And look at the reaction he gets. You know, every time he's on, you just want to punch him. And he's so good at that, right? He's just the worst, but in a very entertaining way. That's my defense of Cameron Coleman. And I hate him. He's, it's like, yeah, you know, he's uh, he like Todd. Like, yeah, it's not, it's not, he's not cool. He's not getting in the club, but he's funny. Todd is a good comparison um, for those for those Breaking Bad fans out there. Todd is a good comparison here. Well, I was the the Todd the the, the boys. Oh, you're Todd, thinking Todd, uh, the stepdad from from, yeah. uh, from the boys? 
Again, the only cool, I, I don't know a lot of cool Todds, and I'm sure you're out there. We're going to get hate from. I know there's cool Todds. Uh, the Soup Doofus got a dog Todd. He's pretty awesome. The Todd Father, but it, no is. offense, but just television Todds have had a rough run. Kind of like I know there's good women out there named Karen, but yep, you're kind of stuck with it. Due to no yeah. fault of your own. No fault of your own. No fault of your own. Well, Mills, we're, we're officially into the main cast here, and you know before we get to the gang. We got to talk a little bit about Indira, I think. I mean, they, they set Dean Shetty up as the big bad before she somewhat surprisingly got taken out in the penultimate episode. I, I didn't really see that coming. I think both of us thought she might she might kind of carry on into season two. I, I mean, I, th- I think we both actually thought she was going to be a serious player who might even show up on The Boys, right? I mean, not only just season two of this show, but but actually season four of The Boys. Are you okay with with how things worked out with her? Were you were you surprised by this? Do you think they maybe rushed kind of killing her, and maybe they could have killed somebody else instead? I mean, what what are your thoughts here? I mean, we both knew Cardoso was going. Did they need to kill Dean Shetty as well? I think they had to kill somebody. It was one of those things. So then it comes down to is it one of the kids, one of the gang, and that probably yeah. would have been more impactful, but also maybe. You don't want to go there in the first season that, you know, I almost just named another show where they did that with one of the bigger names in the first season and and it really kind of worked well here. I think this was probably right. I don't think it would have made sense to go huge and say, take Marie off the board. You already took Golden Boy off of the first episode. So I I think that got a little bit of the way there. So I think that gives you enough wiggle room to just take a deer off and not need to, you know, have one of the kids die to set the stakes. I think this set the stakes pretty clearly and also fractured our group into two halves, which is what you get in a lot of these stories because generally the best villain enemy hero relationships are going to be people who are close and have pre-existing relationships. I think it's fine. I don't really have a problem with it. And it was surprising enough. Looking back on it now, it seems very obvious. But when it happened, definitely surprised me. So I give props for it. I have no problem with it. How about yourself? I think I'm there too. At the time, I was just kind of like, whoa, I can't believe that. I, I thought for sure she was going to, you know, because for a minute, she had all the juice, Grandma. Like, she was for real about it. She had the, she was in charge kind of of like this whole thing. And and then you kind of realize that she, her motives and all this stuff. And so it surprised me when it happened. But like you said, looking back, it's it's definitely more obvious than it, than it was. I think I'm okay with it because two things. One, we got the incredible line out of OG Ashley in the season finale, uh, where every time anything went wrong, she just screamed, "Where is Dean Shetty?" You know, she's like, like that was really funny. And then um, I enjoyed that in, in the season finale. And then two, like you said, it it, it kind of created this chaos, right? And I think the show needed that to wrap the season up. And it, it gets you excited about okay, now you know we had we had the Sam and the in the uh uh emma you know sema the, the we shipped them together their their situation we've got you know sam and and kate over here you know the two fractions of the, of the of the of the gang and so i'm okay with it i think it was probably the right move looking back and we both thought maybe kate would die trying to save the gang which i think would have been another direction that would have maybe worked but we'll see what happens now with Kate, with with this mind power and, you know, her alliance with Sam and, and Homelander. I guess the one thing with Indira, we learned that her motivation was her family dying on that plane that Homelander let crash, right? With, with May, yep. we all remember that from season one of the boys. So yep. she decides to kill all soups. Did that track, would it not have made more sense to just expose the fact that Homelander and May were on that plane? You know, we saw again that video was teased forever, right? On the boys, it was being used, you know, over Homelander's head. He's just being like, go ahead, release it, see what happens. It, I guess that tracks with that, but it, I don't know, it just felt a little bit much when it, it turned out she was going to kill all soups. Well, I think, I think what they're going for is she saw directly from the inside, not just soups, but Vought. And I think she realized that. You know, there's no kind of reasoning here, especially with with Homelander. I also think she was kind of privy to this this great divide between soups and humans. And I think she thought this was the one chance that she could legitimately not just get even with her family, but kind of save the human race, so to speak. And so I think it, I think it was a little bit more complex than just getting even for with Homelander, with her family, with that plane video. I think it was, you know, getting even with all wrongdoings of all soups. 
Well, I mean, big problems call for big solutions, but she went for the literal final solution. And Mills, to your point, you're nobody until somebody, until somebody kills. kills you. Well, let's move on to the gang here, starting with the bull, Andre. He started off the season pretty strong, honestly, but kind of got stuck in this rut for a while as the season progressed where he just didn't really do anything. What do you think here, Mills? I mean, did the season finale do enough to get you excited about where Andre is? And we absolutely have to talk about his incredible hand acting skills. I think that's an unfortunate thing for anybody in superhero flicks like this. You would have to do the the concentrating thing. It, you know, the, there's some some tropes you just have to do, and that sometimes <laughs> it looks cooler than others. Uh, and yeah, shout out like that's why Superman's so cool, right? He doesn't have to really do anything. He's just strong and fast and shoots lasers out of his eyes. That's it's pretty easy stuff. You know, there's a reason Homelander works so well. I don't know. The main thing they did, right, they set up the whole relationship with his dad and then tried to turn it on its ear a little bit by having his dad have problems from the V when he uses his powers, which, again, kind of a creeper runner because Tech Knight has the same thing, right? Or at least he has a brain problem, which they didn't say outright it was caused by V, but I think they are maybe laying some track here for Compound V might have some adverse effects. You know, yeah. that kind of makes sense, right? You don't get, there's always a cost, right? There's no such thing as a free lunch. And I guess they set that up all right. But the problem was, did you ever really believe that Andre was going to go over and just be Vought's boy, like his dad told him? It just kind of set him up in a spot where you really didn't even know what he wanted because it seemed like he just kind of wanted to get out of there. Even the twist that he was already sleeping with Kate when Luke was still alive didn't probably land as heavy as I think they wanted to. So I think this was a little bit on the writing side. Probably. I think the actor did a good job with what he was given. It's surprising how little we got of polarity. I would have liked to have gotten more in his pops. So I think that's the main thing is it feels Andre was either kind of underwritten or maybe they had a bunch of his stuff that got left on the cutting room floor for, for one reason or another. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think the one thing that kind of I really wanted to see, and I think where there was a little bit of a missed opportunity here, and maybe it's to serve a, a greater need with the with the you know polarity having the brain damage and and all that, but I really wanted to see. Andre's defiance against Vaught and the status quo and his father. And now you've got a situation where his father and him have to fight. I, I really wanted to see that. And I know that's cliche, but I thought that could have been cool. We never even got to see polarity in action. With, with, I was right? sure like, we were going, especially when Andre kept destroying his dad's statue. Well, yeah. I, I was sure we were going to go, I guess, good job subverting our expectations a little bit, but I thought that would have been cool. I mean, you said we never get to see polarity in the suit, I don't think. No. Much less using his powers. Right. Well, I so, guess so, he uses them in the ambulance on accident when he's seizing, but I don't think yeah. that counts. I think a little bit of, of a of a swing and a miss there for me with Andre, but I don't I don't think it was like you said, I don't know that it's not like it's the actor's bad or anything. I mean, more than capable, um, did a good job with what he was given. It just at times, you know, for half the season he was just pissed off and angry the other half of the season he's just rushing in and doing whatever he feels in the moment and you know the other part of the season he's just kind of like a burnout doesn't care about anything and then he gets serious at the end with his dad it's just there just wasn't enough there for me it was too choppy with him and we never really established an identity so to speak I thought I think and stuck with it so uh, that's that's my my little bit of my beefs with with Andre's character yeah, I will give him when he hit uh, Rufus with that keg. That that was pretty cool. He had a, yes. some of the better, maybe cool visual uses of his powers outside of the, the hand wavy stuff. But yeah, you're just hoping that you know he gets more to do basically in the season two. And I, I think you can say that about a lot of the characters. That's one of the costs of trying to incorporate a bigger ensemble cast like this right out the gate. Is it, it's hard to find enough time to develop them all, especially when you want to bring in your OG Ashleys and your Technates and your Endearments. Yeah, which I think the show needed. So they were kind of in a rock and in a hard spot there. Let's move on to Jordan. Like Andre, they started off the season with authority, only to lose screen time kind of as the season wound down and, and came to a close. Mel's overall thoughts on Jordan and did they did they use them correctly? Not enough, I think, is what it comes down to. Again, I thought they were laying track to go somewhere, and then they really went nowhere. In the end, Jordan was just defined by their relationships, be it their parents, Marie, a Brink. It really wasn't much standalone time for them, right? It was all just 
how they were impacting the other plots, and then it seemed that they were basically drug along in the second half on everybody else's plot. More or less after the, the episode with the parents, that was what four, I think. And you know, after that, it was just how is this going to impact Marie? Oh, I'm I'm also a TA for Indira, so I have her key. It, it just seemed that they were trying to find stuff to do. I thought Jordan got a cool couple of cool moments. Uh, punching Justine outside the rally was cool. That saving all the the bot or the board people from the helicopter in to get them into the helicopter and that kind of thing and the finale was cool. But other than that, man, definitely just not enough. I think that is definitely, you know, just, we needed more there. Yeah, I, I absolutely would agree with that. I mean, you know, I was curious more so about seeing more of Jordan's powers, more of, you know, kind of what Jordan can do. I actually really liked every time Jordan was on scene and kind of the, the switching back and forth and like all this stuff. I, I really enjoyed Jordan with, with Marie, but we just, we just kind of didn't establish a, a real role for Jordan here. And it certainly wasn't what I thought it was going to be after the first episode. Right. So um, it almost felt like well, we're not really sure what to do with this character, but we need them. So we're just going to kind of like, and honestly, I think you can say the same about that for maybe everybody except Marie to a certain extent, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe Kate, it, it depends. Again, it, I think it gets the maybe more Kate. backstory we got, it, you know, the more you get into it. And again, that's something they'll have time to do in season two. But I think that's the main thing. I think the character was well-written. I think the actor actress did a good job. I, I just wish more. Again, the good humor. I, I just remember even the scene after a, after Marie blew up Rufus's dick and Jordan takes him out, it they're just like, oh yeah, that was great. <laughs> no, no horrified. It, you, oh, you just blew that dude's dick up. Like, oh, that was awesome. How'd you do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I again, J Jordan was a cool character, man. I just uh, uh, hopefully we get more of them and and more of a more of a defined kind of purpose as we head into season two. We both loved Emma, but. By the time we got to the finale, it seemed like the only, literally the only thing she had going was her relationship with Sam. I, I think the show might have dropped the ball here a little bit with handling with how they handled Emma. What do you think, man? I mean, are you are you happy with how they handled such a great character, great actress that the the show desperately needed more Emma, and we just I just felt like we didn't get it. It just kind of fell apart there at the end. Yeah, I don't have the the actual math, but I would. I feel like almost no other character lost as much screen time as the season went on and especially just lost her own agency. Think about the beginning. She was the one who had her own YouTube show and everything. She's filming stuff with hamsters, hamsters. She's dating other guys. She got the thing with her mom, reality show. There's a lot going on. And by the end, it was literally just Sam, you know, and even that the great moment at the party when they couldn't remember, and she sees a video of her all big drinking the keg. And then all the students are, are, you know, feeling her and everything now. That was cool. I talk about a swing, right? Went from everyone making fun of her for the purging thing to everyone loving her for the drinking while big, I guess, I guess you would call it a thing. Well, and big and naked, I guess a, a double there. But by the time you get to those last couple episodes, her job is basically Sam, right? Where is Sam doing? What is Sam doing? I need to help Sam. It got a little bit repetitive and honestly, and then it didn't work. Again, they subverted the expectations a little bit. You would have thought she would be able to talk Sam down and she's not able to. So I give him credit for that. But yeah, it just seemed like a drastic underuse of the characters, especially when you saw just how much fun she could be in those first couple episodes. If there was one of the characters that was going to kind of make it big and be very memeable and get out there into the, the pop culture and the, so the social media of it all, I think it would have been Emma. So I'm a little bit disappointed. Yeah, look, man, to me, she offered a true sense of we're in college, number one. Number two, she was very funny. Um, I thought the actress really did an incredible incredible job kind of balancing her relationship with her parents, uh, her mom specifically. And then the fact that her superpower is based around essentially an eating disorder for her, right? And her how, she, how she's ashamed of it, but yet has to embrace it. And I just thought that was so good. And even when her and Sam got together, there was potential there. I don't know, man. I I, I really hope that there's more to do with Emma here. I mean, I, I think that's a, a lot of potential. 
that they're not capitalizing on for sure. Yeah, I mean, think about it. She has a completely normal number of sex toys, but a non-normal number of different size panties. I love that little bit that she had all the various sizes of clothing because we talked about that and they actually showed it. They did a really yeah. good job with some of the attention to detail like that, especially with her character. There, you could tell they put a lot of thought into it. They really gave her some good depth and it just, it, you know, it's a shame they kind of ran out of steam with her. It just, maybe they ran out of just time, I guess. Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully we get more of her and uh, comes, come season two. What about the boy, Sam? I mean, his character was literally all over the place. But that's probably just par for the course when it comes to a guy who commits graphic puppet massacre massacres. I mean, this was a wild aspect of his of his character, right? I mean, where are you at on the on the Sam here, Mills? What's your Sam's on the Sam? Was his turn to the dark side in the finale a bit too much, a bridge too far, or did it make sense with what you knew about him? And we absolutely got to talk puppets here, right? Yeah, I was able to go through over the past week or so and rewatch the season. It is one thing I noticed that they set it up a little bit more. Remember, it's even a scene from the trailer. Sam actually punches through the dude's throat kind of, and his fist comes out the mouth. I had forgotten yep. about that. I think it's technically in a flashback with Luke. But so that was some non-puppet violence we saw before the finale. So you did have the idea that he certainly had this in him. The puppet stuff I thought was an interesting way to do it, to keep it from being so repetitive and also to make us more sympathetic to the character. If we had seen him massacre all those people, even if they were nameless drones, I think it would have registered a little bit more than the puppet stuff because the puppet stuff really came off as comedic, even when you did actually flash back to the reality and see all of the dead bodies, all of the blood, the dude hanging half a torso from the chopper or whatever. I thought all of that was well done. It just really kind of came down to what choice they're going to make him make. He was basically imprisoned and tortured. He lost his brother. And then you have this one girl who's more or less the only contact he's had with the outside world that he can remember anyways forever. Yeah, I think he was put in a tough spot. It was okay, but they really played it cold in the end with that final scene with Emma, with him just basically just shitting on her her hopes or dreams who she is and everything and that was just brutal and it did seem that there needed to be a little bit more for him to get from where they were after they had after he had sex with her for the first time and everything like that to there because it feels like that was i don't know what 24 hours in showtime it, it seemed in all even for even in college time it seemed like an awful fast changing of the poles basically you know was that one day on campus that much fun i don't think so because while he enjoyed it and it left a lasting impression, they they did too much work to create his bond with Emma, to just have it be erased by a couple by like a couple hours away from her as he went out and did his thing on campus. Again, they did so much to where she had not control over him, but he listened to her, and then all of a sudden something changes and he doesn't. It just to me it was a bridge way too far. I don't like how that how it went with Sam at the end here. I absolutely love the use of the puppets. To your point, I think it also kind of gave this childlike feel to Sam. And I think it it made the the viewers kind of endear themselves to him where they wouldn't, knowing that he's just a a, a maniac who kill can kill a hundred people in one setting, right? Like I think he kind of felt for him and there was this childlike element to him. We talked about that throughout the throughout the series here. Um you know, throughout the season, but I don't, I, I like that. I liked everything kind of up to that point. It just, for that to happen as quickly as it did. And I don't feel like they did enough, enough work to kind of set that up. To me, it didn't, it didn't work at all. It was a big swing and a miss. It feels there was one more scene in there missing or, or something else that could have gotten him there. And it also feels a little bit that they had an idea that we're going to take this character and make him seem very childlike very childish i think you hit that on the head and then contrast that with this incredible rage and violence that he has because that's something the boys would do right i just think this is a case where it was just not done elegantly enough there's a way you could have done it a way you could have got there i don't think this was that yeah I, I agree with that we'll see what they do in 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 season two and if you know if these two kind of factions stay together or come back uh, you know i think i think they, they at least have optionality there but yeah, this 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 to me didn't didn't work with with Sam, which ultimately turned into a, a pretty big 
character and main kind of sticking point in the plot line, right? So that brings us to Kate Mills. She started off the season not getting a ton of screen time, wound up being one of the most impactful characters in the final episode with a ton of screen time. What do you think here, man? Uh, did the show do a good enough job of setting her, her up as the actual big bad? Or was it a curveball that worked or didn't? Thoughts on Kate? I think it worked. That's another one of those things when you look back at it. Remember, we got, got the misdirect. You thought it was going to be Rufus who made them all lose their memories. Rewatching that episode, knowing it, it's so obvious that it's Kate. No one else is there. Who else could it have been? Of course, it went to black because that's when Kate touches Marie, who's that's the POV I think we're getting in the shot. I like the depth we got when we went into her memories. I think that helped both to set up who she was. You know, we heard the story about her telling her brother to go away. Actually, seeing that I think did drive it home. Seeing her meeting with Indira was interesting, especially when you figure out at the end that Indira honestly did care for Kate despite wanting to kill all soups. It, it definitely put her in that proverbial rock in a hard place. Again, but they went out of their way to show how cruel she could be. First, I think it was at the end of two or three, that guard in the woods she makes basically... I'll tell you what I'm doing, Bob. First, you're going to get this flashlight nice and wet with your slutty fucking mouth. What the fuck is wrong with you? Then, I'm going to stuff it right up your tight little chocolate starfish until you see God. And then the dude eating his own hands she's just again that same thing right she seems so nice oh she's the the girlfriend of the of golden boy right that makes her the golden girlfriend and here she is eat your hands and cool they definitely went you know kind of dark witch with her maybe yeah that kind of real you, you know that that little uh character archetype there yeah oh for sure for sure and and you know i, I like her arc as a character throughout season one you know, I think it's tough to really be afraid of her because she has to touch you. So I understand that's why they maybe needed felt the need to combine her with Sam, who people are afraid of, who can, you know, virtually kick the crap out of anybody and do anything he wants and is unstoppable. I was more afraid of Indira than I was of Kate. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but the fact that her power is only is only there when she touches you. I, she had this manipulative type ability that I think came to came to bear down the line here that you didn't know maybe in the beginning. We always kind of had our like we couldn't really tell what side she was on, so it's not a total surprise, right? We were always kind of like, man, I don't know, you know, if she's playing the game here and what her intentions are. So I, I like that they kind of kept you guessing throughout the show with her. You know, I, I think it works. I mean, the show needed something here and when they made the decision that it wasn't going to be Indira and it was going to be Kate right I mean that's I think that's the most natural transition for him yeah, it makes sense for you if you have generally the the mind power person is a fairly main character be them good or evil uh, you know obviously like Professor X and the X-Men is the one that'll uh, come right to mind I thought it was well done really I, I do think that it was interesting that they did make her conflicted Every time there was another layer, right? Oh, it was just for Luke. And then there's Indira behind it. But then she's cheating on Luke. That's the part that I never understood why she was cheating with Andre. Again, you have to go with the obvious. What they're telling you is she really loved him. Did she love him more than Luke? Because she seemed to love him too, right? It, yeah. They definitely, again, when you're that age, totally possible that you, you have some muddled feelings. You can love multiple people simultaneously. It, it's certainly there, but it didn't make for the cleanest execution to see on screen and then she didn't have an end game that's what makes indira scarier indira had an end game down to knowing the timeline it would take to weaponize the virus in an aerosol form kate just wants to kill as many people as possible she has no yeah. real plan other than that and honestly many humans. She's also, yeah well that's said people that's it yes and straight up humans and she doesn't even know how much she can do right she's been on these pills for years she keeps pushing i'm curious as to how how far could she take this when does it wear off? You know, I think the more you get into that, the more you you start to have some questions a little bit. But overall, it made her seem powerful enough to get away with everything she did. So that part of it tracks. And you can see why, again, the soups who followed her from the woods would be really pissed off. She didn't even need to, to push them, probably. They were ready to go. Yeah. 
Well, finally, it is time to talk about our girl, your girl, Marie Moreau. This is an ensemble cast here, but Marie clearly seems to be the head of it. Mills, what did you think about the evolution of her character and, more importantly, her powers uh, as each episode went by and the season progressed up until its finale? I don't know if her character moved that much. She pretty much came out and said it in the finale. She started out wanting to be a hero to impress her sister, and now she wants to just be a good human. I would argue that just being a good human this day and age basically makes you a hero by default, whether you like it or not. The, the two sweetest words in the English language. I was a little disappointed we didn't see her sister. We heard her name dropped a couple of times. That's something I, I'm assuming we'll probably see in season two. It, I like that she opened herself up more. When she first got there, it was just her, right? She didn't want anybody's help. She didn't want to make any friends, really. She didn't even have a phone. She was just going to do her own thing. And by the end, she's got the relationship going on with Jordan. She obviously has somewhat of a friendship with Andre, with Emma. You know, I think she even did like Indira for what it was worth when she thought Indira was trying to help her. I thought all that tracked, but it's one of those things where that was all great, but the evolution of her powers was just cooler. And especially finding out that Victoria Newman is a bloodbender just like her added, I think, just another level to it, just because we already were very, you know, respectful of what Victoria Newman could do with popping heads. I think there's a, a ton of room to go here. I think Marie did great. I thought the actress did great. I really enjoyed her. In you could tell she was the one character, you don't want to call it the main character in an ensemble cast, but they focused on the most because she by far, I think, had the, the most complete arc overall, even if she didn't go a long way. She went through a lot to really kind of arrive back at the point now, really determined to be a hero, maybe. You know, we start by seeing her kind of experience this tragedy with her family and her sister. And that seems to be her motivation early on. But then she just kind of like most of us, right? Life comes at you pretty fast and you start to have to adjust and pivot and you start to kind of, you know, grow up and realize, okay, there's other things too. Not saying that she still isn't motivated by, trying to make her powers into something good and to, you know, regain the trust and the love of her sister. Um, but, you know, life comes at you pretty fast and, and it didn't take her but an episode or two to kind of get wrapped up in some stuff where now she has those conflicts of, of what she's doing. And I think she's still to this day. And I think that's one of the more interesting things about Marie. They've set her up now to where she's at, you know, forks, forks in the road, man. Like she's, you know, which side will she go and will she try to do the right thing and go the side of a la the boys, right? Or will she just kind of keep her mouth shut and do what she needs to do, knowing she's got Victoria Newman in her back pocket if she chooses to do that and ascend into, you know, Vought and the Seven and whatever else may be coming her way. So I, I think that's one of the more interesting things about Marie. One thing that I love that they did was the progression of her of her powers, uh, virtually every episode we saw, you know, something else coming down to kind of the final episode there with, you know, my my prediction. I'm going to pat myself on the back with the making somebody have a heart attack or whatever. And so I thought that was really cool. I like that we kind of learned as she learned, as the character learned, right? I mean, she's seeing these superpowers for the first time, just like we are, you know, herself doing it. And she didn't know that she could. And I think the character needed it because blood ropes were never going to be enough. Blood daggers might not have even been enough. We needed another element here for her. And I think I think that they hit on that. Definitely interesting to watch. You know, a, def a cool visual power. In, again, she was our point of view for the show. She was our entry point. More or less, when we first went to Godokin, everything we viewed was through the lens of Marie Moreau. We experienced it as she did. The show really did ask a lot of her in that to put her front and center. And I think the character was deep enough to get there and the actress was strong enough to pull it off. I think obviously if someone was going to go into the boys, she does seem that she would be the ideal candidate right now, at least based on what we know about her and what we've seen, because we've gotten all that depth. We've seen her powers expand. We haven't gotten so much of that from the other characters. We got some hints of it, but nothing like we got with Marie, whose powers expand, you know, multiple times within the finale alone, including taking a full on shot from the homeland. Yeah. Full-on laser shot, which we see, you know, melt people and other soups, by the way, uh, because Homelander has killed other soups, uh, as we saw in, in season three. So, yeah, I mean, that that was surprising to say, to, to say the least. 
we'll see where where they go with it. Well, I think we need to crown a season MVP. So let's do our actual Gen V top three. We're going to rank our top three characters after season one. There are no uh, explicit criteria, no necessary you know, science to this. Let's just call it a proprietary blend of who won and who you like the most. Mills, lead us off here, buddy. Yeah, I don't think you need to beat around the bush a lot in this one. Bottom to the top, at three, I have Kate. Again, pretty powerful. She's on top there with Sam, but she lost an arm. Theoretically, that's at least I would call 20% of her ability to use her powers if she has to touch. And that's not nothing. So that leads me to put Sam over her at two. Obviously, Ben put front and center by Vought. We'll, we'll see how that takes. But he also seemed to be one of the most powerful soups, and we barely saw him use his powers except for in puppet mode at one is Marie, despite where she ends the episode, I would argue that actually works in her favor because she's still there alive after getting lasered by Homelander. So I got to go Marie Moreau. They made her try to be the top dog the whole time. I think she comes out the top dog. Jamie G, who's in your top three? I got the exact same thing, buddy. I second that 100%. Kate at three. For the exact same reasons, Sam at two and 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 Marie at one. Uh, we're you know. I mean, you have to wonder if Rufus regrew his junk. Is that just the thing of the V? Will she be regrowing that arm? I wonder a little bit. Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, Rufus is th- Rufus might be three, you know, number four, three point five, number four for me. But uh, the glue guy there with Rufus. But no, dude, I got the exact same order, man. I think that's I think that's spot on. It is almost time to give our final grade for season one. But first, let's look back on our episode grades and see how they compared to what the internet thought about the episode. Mills, go ahead and do your math thing here. This is more of a reading thing than a math thing, but I attended second grade. I can do this. Episode one was Got You. You gave it a B plus. I gave it a B plus. IMDB had it at an 8.2. Episode two was First Day. You gave it a C plus. I gave it a C plus. IMDb had it a seven point six. Episode three was hashtag think brink. We both gave it a B, while IMDb had it eight point one. Episode four was the whole truth. Jamie G, you gave it an A. I gave it an A minus. IMDb had it at seven point eight. Episode wow. five was welcome to the Monster Club. You gave it a B. I gave it a B minus. IMDb again had it at seven point eight. Episode six was Jumanji. You once again gave it a B. I once again gave it a B minus. And IMDb once again gave it a 7.8. Episode 7 was sick. Jamie G, you gave it an A minus. I gave it a B plus. IMDb had it at 8.5. And finally, the season finale, Guardians of Godolkin. Jamie G, you gave it a B plus. I gave it a B plus. IMDb had it rated 8.7, the highest rated episode of the season. So I guess I'll just point out, we definitely both were quite a bit higher on episode four, The Whole Truth, which was really the second week because you had the first three episodes drop in week one. So that was almost the, the second pilot a little bit there. The Tech Night episode, I really enjoyed that. Maybe it was just Tech Night. Technically, the second lowest rated on IMDb. You know, we're simpatico there. Episode two, everybody kind of overall thought was the weakest. Was it just Tech Night that elevated four? Was that it for us? Was he that good to basically just bring it up a grade maybe? He really was. I mean, there was other things in there, but he was just phenomenal. It was such an incredible addition to this show. And then how they used him throughout the throughout the episode. And then that final kind of drop there and him at the end with the credit just puts it way over the top. And again, one thing that the show struggled to do throughout the first three episodes was create an element of humor that the boys has mastered, even though they don't even need to try. It's just there with the dialogue, with the characters, virtually anytime Butcher speaks, it's hilarious. So, you know, this show really needed that. And I think because we finally got it, it hit and it hit really hard. Yeah. And that was maybe one of two episodes where the show did something a little genre ish. Here it was the outside person brought in to investigate. You see that in a lot of shows. The other one was when we went inside Kate's head, get reliving memories, that kind of thing. You see that in a bunch of shows. I'll go first with the grade. I'm right in between a B and a B plus. I am going to go with a B to give it room to grow. Definitely good. Better than passing. You know, if we were going into it, I'd give it like a 3.25 or whatever. 
right again, right in between a, a B B plus, but you can't have it. So I'm gonna go with the B. JBG season one great Gen V. I'm gonna stick to my guns here. I'm gonna go B plus. Uh I'm I'm slightly higher than you, but in that same universe, something to be proud of, but definitely room to grow as we head into season two. But overall, I think they did a good job. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. So that's my own personal thing. I went into it not really expecting it to be great. Um, and, and maybe it wasn't great, but it was but it was pretty damn good. And for me, I enjoyed it more than I thought it was. Give me a B plus. Yeah, that's probably squares because it's about exactly what I expected it to be. But I guess all it'd be B, B plus. It's about what I expected. It, but hey, you know, that. Not everything meets my expectations, so I'm perfectly happy with it. Room to grow. Excited to watch season two. Yeah. Well, based on your Tinder dating uh, experiences, not a whole lot of things meet your expectations, Mills. Well, why do you think I have to put all the pineapples and the whatnot in the in the profile so they know? You know, you got to have the, the double squash and the double beef. It, you got to have it. That brings us to our predictions. Let's start out with uh, with any predictions about season four of The Boys. And we're going to try to keep it related to Gen V, uh, but we can always, you know, you know, who knows? Maybe we freestyle a little bit. Uh, and if and if you got something, got them smoking kind of thing here for, for predictions for uh, season four. I'll, I'll start us off, Mills. I think we're going to see uh, Mallory working in conjunction with the boys somehow, some way to kind of get, you know, get a, get a beat on Victoria Newman and what she's up to uh, in terms of the, uh, uh, they're gonna they're gonna get on our trail, I think, in terms of having the um uh the 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 uh, the flu like the the virus for the for the soups. Yeah, see that that feels almost cheating. I'll be a bit more specific and say we had that scene with Victoria Newman and Mallory. I think we're gonna see who was on the other side of the conversation, who else was listening. I think that part of season four of the boys is gonna run concurrently with this season of Gen V. So to that, I I'll say that we see. The events of what happened, maybe that Cameron Coleman broadcast, we'll see some of that on coverage on background TVs. Maybe the, the characters from the boys will talk about it or not. I think that's all in there. Jamie G, do you think any characters from Gen V will show up in season four of the boys? Yeah, I do. I absolutely do. And my guess is that we're going to we're going to see. I don't know if we'll get a full on the boys working with, you know, Marie Andre and and um, uh, Jordan, but I do think we're going to get maybe a Kate and a Sam, uh, or or or, so, or something. But I, I do think we're going to get um, some crossover. I was going to say Kate and Sam. I feel that we will get both of those. I'm going to go a little bit deeper and say we get Maverick. Like maybe they do like they do bring him into the seven to replace Translucent or something. I don't know. Bring an invisible character seems like fun. They went to all that trouble to name it. So I'm saying maybe we, we get some Maverick in uh, season four of the boys. I do not think that we're going to get any of our imprisoned characters in the show proper of the boys. Maybe we'll get some reports about an escape somewhere, or maybe we'll get a post credit scene, something like that, like we got with Butcher. But I don't think we're going to see any of Marie and company show up on the, the boys itself in Man, there's there's a, a lot of ways you can go here. Uh, very excited for the boys. And anybody else, uh, Gen V, you think could cross over or anything? Or any, obviously, we think the virus plot line is going to cross over, right? Uh, I think that would yeah. be pretty obvious. Any, do you think any of the other parts will? I think we get an OG Ashley in the in the uh, the the film class. And Adam Bork, yeah, that, that yeah. Feels, I think we get a yes. get a little hook up there. Yeah, I'm shipping them. Uh, they're my new. Uh, they're my new favorite, especially like on the DL. Even if they're not official, official, I'm there for it. They got to be the best toxic couple in the in in television. So I, I gotta I gotta give it to them. I think I think we get that. I think that bleeds itself over. Uh, but look, man, the fact that they brought in Homelander and the fact that he backed Kate and Sam, it, it tells me that this thing is gonna be going on kind of in conjunction. We're gonna we're gonna see some bleed over on both sides. In a good way, and also probably in actual blood. Yes. Oh, here's one good one for you. With like it during season four of the boys, will we hear about Godolkin University being closed down? Will this cause them to have to close the university? Will they make it through this? 
It's a little Gen V ish, but I could I could see us hearing about it on the voice. I don't, at least I think temporarily. I don't know how you go back to having the university. I mean, the, the lunatics were running the asylum here. There's no there was no order. The the half the campus was destroyed. I just I think it's going to take some time to kind of get that back. And I think they have to go in. I don't know if military style or if you know Homelander just goes and cleans house or or what. But you know something has to happen here. I don't see it being functional. Kind of like we wake up tomorrow and everything's back to normal kind of thing. I I don't see that. Man, now I just now I really want the full on college Animal House style with Homelander as the dean, as Dean Warmer from uh, from Animal House in the gangs, like Delta House. Uh, we could. Even if it was just one random, give me a diabolic episode of that thing. Give me a diabolical episode of that. Please. That that would be very cool. I would I would definitely uh, I would definitely be there for that for sure. It's all about ratings. I it was like zero point zero. <laughs> There's no way to go through life, son. I don't have pencils. Do we get to see? Do we get to see Maeve? They made in, they made mention like in season four of the boys. I'm going no, not unless no. it's the final season. If it winds up being the final season, yes. But so there you go. We'll see Maeve again, but not till the end game of the show. That's what I'm going with. You don't do we think? Do you think we'll see Maeve in Gen V? They mentioned Maeve many times throughout this season of Gen V, specifically. Um, do you think any chance she finds her way into season two of Gen V? Before I'm saying no, not unless the, the boys is over. Okay. So you, so boys till till the end and then Gen then v. it depends on how the boys ends. But I I've always said the boys I thought would run five seasons, so that's what I'm working off of still. But this is season four, so there's not if that's the case, there's not a ton of track left. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll I'd we'll, love it to we'll... go ten or something. I just don't think they'll do it. Amazon's not shown that propensity maybe it's a it's a big show but i i would love for it you i think you could probably get seven but you know these you know some of the actors are probably pretty in demand these days so yeah well uh i i would i'll be there for as long as they keep it going um seven eight would be amazing but just don't walking dead this thing where it just goes yeah i'll, I'll set up for community give me six seasons in a movie i'm good six seasons in a movie yeah, I can live with that the, too. That's the, the happy spot right there. Six seasons in a movie. I'll give that to community. They had that right. Yeah, they nailed it. Uh anything else for season two, man? I mean, does 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 Emma and Sam get back together? Yes, I kind of feel like you almost have to. Either that or he accidentally kills Emma, maybe you go super tragic with it. The only thing I will ask you, you get that final scene, right? Marie gets lasered, everyone wakes up in that bunker, there's only a hatch in the ceiling. Is there any chance that that's not actually what's happening? Um, I think there's at least like, a 25% chance that it's in Marie's head or it's a simulation or something, that it's not actually what what's happening. Look, dude, on this show, whether it's anything boys universe, there's always a chance. But I think they're in some sort of Vought controlled uh, facility. Bunker, I'm assuming. Yeah, like missile I, silo I, with the hatch on the seal, maybe even a submarine. I guess put them all underwater. So if they try to escape, they can't go anywhere. I don't. It, it's certainly possible, but yeah, I, 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 I th I'm leaning more towards. Yes, there's a chance, but I'm leaning more towards it is actual. That is. I'm only going 25. It was just a weird thing when Marie wakes up. Emma never says anything to her. Emma's just like sitting on her bed drinking a smoothie or something, not paying any attention. That seemed off. Yeah. I, that's yeah. that's what threw me off for what it's worth it's just a little the fact that everyone else was kind of like oh you're awake and emma didn't even acknowledge her that i don't know that maybe we'll get something for it that struck me as a little weird the tech knight does he show up on gen v season two or the boys and or god i hope so give me both tech knight is the man i will say just back to i'm saying yes i will say back to emma though she did just like get like Sam just said, some super harsh. Right, she could be deep so. in her in her own thing or whatever. It just, it just the way it was filmed. It just, it just struck me as just a pinch off. That's all. Yeah, it, it, no doubt. I watched a lot of genre shows over the year. It was just one of those things where it was just, huh. it just pays me to be like, man, we're gonna have to wait probably almost two years to find out unless we do find out in season four of the boys. Yeah, well, let's let's hope we do. 
Any other predictions before we get out of here? I'm going to say that season two of the boys is set somewhere else. Maybe we get some Godolkin, but it's not the primary setting any longer. Season two of the boys or season two? Season of... two of the Gen V. Season two of season two of Gen V. I'm saying like we're not really the college might still exist. Maybe you still cut there a little bit, but it's not going to. The gang's not going back to college and having another season there. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so either. I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. I think it's I think Rufus it's and Justine, our glue people, our glue guy, our glue girl. Are we gonna get them at all next season, or were they, were they just there to hold the first season together? I don't think we. I don't think we get either. Uh, but you never know. Rufus could show back up, but I think they kind of ran their course and served their purpose. There'll be new glue people uh, in season two. So yeah, you can only really sign them to one year contracts. You bring them off the bench. That's how you got to manage your salary cap. Is Kate going to regrow her arm? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Um, I'm going to say I'm that's also going a go, but I would be kind of interesting if you because we never really got the, the full answer on Rufus. How about polarity? Will we ever see him in his costume using his powers in the entire run of the show? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say he sacrifices himself to save his son. But I I think we got a long way to get there before I that I like happens. that. I was going to go with the cheat and say they do it in a flashback or something, but I like that. But him doing it to save Andre would be, would be pretty cool. That would be kind of badass. I'd actually really like to see that. Yeah. I think we're a ways away, but I think it happens eventually. Uh, one last one overall. Does anybody ever give OG Ashley some V or some temp V? We're going to see OG Ashley finally get some, some, some powers. And uh, what would she do? I, I'm just going with she'd spit fire. She'd just be a fire breather. I'm going. I love that. Dude, the way it's going, she might have to, to try to, to try to be able to gain control of Vought, right? What if her so, superpower is hair? She did like a, a yeah, she grows hair. Someone, she just grows hair crazy and uses it as ropes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I like that. Um, yeah, dude, she, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. OG Ashley gets her hands on some, on some temp V and, uh, and, 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 and does the thing. Uh, I'm there with that. And uh, will we ever see the boy Adam Bork use a uh, Marie's uh, blood bullets or blood daggers or whatever you want to call it in a movie? He said he was going to do it. Will we ever see it? <laughs> it would be awesome if he did. Um, if we do, I think it's going to be just like a deep cut, like one day, like when you're not expecting it, they just show him and he's like, you know, or it's like on the TV, like deep is watching his movie and it's that, and you just see it in like a, in like a 30, like a five second clip or whatever. It's like somebody's coming in to talk to deep and he's like watching that, like that. I could see that happening. You guys out there are the real ones. Thank you for checking out Compound B, a show about the boys. We hope you enjoy the boys universe as much as we do. We'll be back before you know it to cover season four of the boys as soon as the first trailer drops. Hopefully it's in the near future here. In the meantime, we're probably going to start covering, you know, maybe some of the episodes from season one, season two that we haven't covered yet. Should be a good time. I'm always down to rewatch it in preparation. Uh, get us super excited and pumped up for season four. Mills, make sure you let everyone know where they can find us so they don't miss a single solitary minute of Compound B. Yeah, like Aerosmith, you don't want to miss a thing. You can find you us wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube on social media, at Compound B Pod. Do not forget to keep refreshing, looking for that season four trailer of The Boys, and do not forget the flaps. Follow, like, and please subscribe. Helps other people find our show, find our channel. That's all we ask. If you had fun, please give us that thumb. I'm Megan Mills, he's Jamie G, and that was Compound B covering Gen V. You see? Ooh! Man, I gotta go take a pee. Congratulations, you've reached the end of season one of Gen V and you're in luck. That means it is time for me to finally tell you what the B in Compound B stands for. It's 